starting a new series of messages. We've given you the handout. If you don't, did not get one, see the ushers, and they will gladly give one to you. This is perhaps one of those handouts you ought to put some visible place so when the enemy ever comes to you and try to discourage you, you need to tell the devil, I'm a worshiper, and I have a testimony. Amen, somebody. The series is entitled The Testimony of a Worshiper. Are there any worshipers in here with testimonies? Amen. Our text for the whole entire month of October is Psalms 23. We're going to be sharing with you uh, for five messages out of Psalms 23. This morning, we invite you to the first two verses of that sacred psalm, verse 1 and verse 2. And we're reading from the New International Version, reading from the New International Version. It reads a little different than perhaps the one that you've been accustomed to, King James Version. But hear what God has to say to us. Psalms 23, verse 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. Let me try that again. Make sure I'm in the right church. The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And the church that loves God's word said amen. amen. Reach over quickly, catch the hands of someone that is standing next to you. All month long, we are going to be talking about the testimony of a worshiper. If you're not a worshiper, if you don't have a testimony, hold those hands anyway and share in with somebody else's testimony. Amen. As you squeeze those hands, look at someone and say, he's my shepherd. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Message number one, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. There aren't many things. I, I thought about this statement as God gave me this to open this message. God dropped this thought into my spirit. He says that there aren't many things that are more essential to our relationship with the Lord than that of true and genuine worship. I did say true and genuine worship. because We're living in an age where there are a whole lot of fake worshipers with fake praises. Amen. But there's nothing that defines your relationship with God like that of true and genuine worship. Amen. Any worshipers in the house? This, this month of October is the month that we're going to highlight true and genuine worship. In this age that we're living in today, in which so many people have become so fixated and so infatuated with what I call the theatrics and the style of worship rather than the object of their worship. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> style of worship doesn't really matter to God. Whether you have flashing lights, blue lights, red lights, or no lights. Whether you can twirl and dance, that's wonderful, and I like that, and we just experienced a powerful demonstration at this altar. That is worship, and that is important. But, but it does not supersede the object of our worship. does not supersede who we worship. And so sometimes we can get more carried away with the theatrics and the style 
and we forget about the object. We are more obsessed with the atmosphere of worship. I'm preaching hard now. That we forget about the object of our worship. We want to make sure that the sound is right and music is right and the lights are right. And which sometimes you don't need any of that to give God the highest form of worship. And I think it's important for us to pass this on to younger and new generations of people to understand real worship is not about the atmosphere. It's about the testimony <laughs> that you have of God. But Mother Lord puts it this way, Mother Alberta Simmons. She says, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, then my soul cries out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. See, when you have a true and genuine relationship with God, all you need is a thought about how good God has been. I don't care if you don't ever get tuned up by an organ. I don't care if you don't have a drum or you don't have a choir member because perhaps the greatest worship experience you ever had was not the twirling and the lighting and the organ and the drum, but somewhere by yourself in your house when you just thought about how good God had been to you and you just began to move and shake and you began to have church on. Woo! A true worshiper has a testimony. David was such a true worshiper that when the Ark of the Covenant arrived back into the place in the city of God, that David in the middle of the street gave God an undignified praise. He danced without any music, without any drums, without any flashing lights. But David danced until his clothes fell off went home and his wife, the daughter of Saul, his enemy, said to him, how ridiculous you've made yourself appear in the faces of all of those young people. You act so undignified. And David said, woman, if you knew what God had done for me, God chose me over your daddy. <laughs> God gave me your daddy's throne. God chose me when my own daddy didn't think I was worthy to be king. When my daddy didn't invite me in the house to be anointed, God found me somewhere mining the sheep and the oil flowed on my head. So David says, if you think that was bad, I can be more undignified than this. Woo. Tell somebody, don't you question my worship. If you don't like Praise, you're sitting by the wrong person. Because a real, genuine praiser will praise God at any time. They don't have to be tuned up or they don't have to be prompted to do anything. They can be in the midst of the service like my daddy used to do all the time. Ma, and he, he would holler, oh, thank you, Jesus. I used to tell the folk when my dad used to drive us brother uh, Edmonds to basketball practice and games with my friends and my friend Alfred and those over there I used to pray all the time Lord don't 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 touch my daddy right now because all my friends are in the car and my daddy just will holler hallelujah anytime and here we are just driving along and my daddy thought about something he said oh thank you Jesus my friend said, what's wrong with your daddy? I didn't know it then, but he had a testimony that God has been good to me. Woo! Is there anybody in the house that know you've got a testimony and you don't need theatrics? You don't need style. You may be not be able to clap on key. You may not be able to dance. But if you can't say a word, you can just, come on, just wave your hands in the atmosphere. What God requires more than theatrics and style. 
is that God requires genuine and a worshiper who worships him in, in spirit and in truth. If you want to move God with your praise, then be authentic. What gets me about the church, and I've been in it all my life, and been to too many conventions to count, and if I don't ever go to another church convention or conference, Lord knows I'd be a happy man. I've seen too many fake meetings with fake people who all dance the same way. <laughs> I used to say, Lord, there ain't but three dancers in the whole building, and they all mimic each other. They, they all act, they all speak in the same tongues, as if God ain't got but four words in tongues. He come, I she come. <laughs> Y'all ain't gonna like me. Because most of that is learned behavior. That's not genuine behavior. Because when you got a genuine praise, your hat falls out. Your tie gets all crooked. Your mouth spit falls off in your mouth. You don't care who looks at you because you know God has been so good to you. You ain't got to look cute with your praise. Come on, Pastor Jackson. Well, I believe that every genuine worshiper ought to have a genuine testimony. Whew. You ought to have at least one testimony of something God did for you. Great and mighty thing that the Lord has done for you. Something that no one else could do. Something that no one else did do something that only God could have done. Everybody ought to have at least one but God testimony. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, do you have a but God testimony? Broke, mortgage due, car payment due, parking your car on the back street so they won't repossess it? Come on, I know the story. <laughs> Ooh, bootleg cable. Don't y'all have God put your business out. Come on, somebody. Just trying to make it. But God turned your situation around. God, and where you are now is not where you used to be. And where you are is not where you're going to end up. But I'm here to tell every genuine worshiper that something greater is coming for you, that God is not through blessing you yet. If you learn how to praise God despite all you've been through, if you can just raise your hands and open your mouth, and if you can just say, Lord, I thank you for all that you have done for me. Anybody know that if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side? Whew, come on, any genuine worshipers in here? That no, I've got a testimony. I, I'm sorry to get on your nerve, but you sit by a worshiper. And if you didn't want to sit by a worshiper, you should have went to the nightclub or somewhere. But when you come to church, you expect to worship God. You, you are sitting by a worshiper. And when I think of all his goodness, I can't help but praise God. Because I know that when the enemy meant it for evil... God meant it for my good. Somebody ought to give God your best praise. Ooh. And so, throughout this series, throughout this month of October in the year 2017, God will allow us to examine uh, the testimony of perhaps the most noted a man by the name of David, someone who had plenty of faults, someone whose imperfections were often on display, but someone that God said is a man out of my own heart. Whew. I thought about that. I said, Lord, of all the people in the Bible, you could have chosen those words for her. You chose a man who committed adultery and murder, a man who lied and tried to cover it up. 
But God said, but what you forgot to mention was that through all of this, David never lost his praise. Somebody say a true worshiper. We will in this series examine five messages from this iconic passage known as Psalms 23. Look at David's testimony. I, I am convinced that when David had to write his testimony, at the end of his life, he picked up his pen and wrote this psalm. I'm convinced that in this one psalm, uh, perhaps involves all of the many blessings that God has done for David. I know the theologian once said that you can take all of the psalms that David had written and you can fit them all into Psalms 23. Amen. How many of you want to be blessed this month from Psalms 23? Let us turn to this text. Look at this text and look at the testimony of David, true and genuine worshiper. This 23rd Psalm has been described as the royal psalm. It has been called perhaps the most quoted passage in all of the Bible. It is widely read throughout the world and it has been used often to express the assurance, listen to this, to express the assurance of God's presence and God's provision. Somebody say provision. In the midst of life's uncertainties and adversities. There are people who don't know anywhere else to turn to but they know how to find Psalms 23. There are those who know how to be consoled though, with the words that are found in Psalms 23. I am also convinced that David, as he writes this Psalms, God allows him to write it because it expresses not only David's personal testimony, but David is able or to rely on his own personal experience as being a shepherd boy. And so he, he writes this very plain but powerful psalm uh, to say, this is my testimony. This is what the Lord has done for me. It's good to look back over your life and you realize that it wasn't because you were that good and you were that deep and you were that great. But the only reason you survived is because God was on your side. Can I say that again? The only reason you have survived, we have survived, is because God has been on our side. David understood this. David understood this when he, when he writes this powerful passage, when he, when he says, uh, if you to hear my testimony, O Israel, then you need to read this passage. This is it. And he begins in verse 1 with these powerful, very familiar words. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Whew. Now, as a shepherd boy, he knew what he was talking about. He, he didn't just speak about what he heard, but David knew what it would take to be a good shepherd. David knew that a good shepherd protects leaves. A good shepherd provides for his sheep. David knew that a shepherd uh, had uh, to, to forget about everything around him and concentrate on the well-being and the success of his sheep. So he goes on in this verse, and I like this version, and that's why I chose the NIV translation. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. <laughs> uh, what a testimony. King James puts it this way. You're familiar with how the King James says it. The King James says, I shall not want. God is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, the New Living Translation 
puts it a different way, but it is as powerful. The New Living Translation says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I, listen, let me try that again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Well, the Message Bible goes even a little different. The Message Bible says, and I quote, the Lord is my shepherd. I don't need a thing. <laughs> Somebody ought to embrace the message, Bible. I know you may want a whole lot of things, but if God is on your side, God is more than enough. Anybody know the sufficiency of God's grace is more than enough? For he says, the Lord is my shepherd and I don't need a thing. In other words, everything I've ever needed, God has provided for me. Any witnesses in here? I, I'm wondering, is there anybody else in here who has a very similar testimony? Pastor Jackson, all that I have ever needed, God has provided for me. In fact, there were times in which we did not know how we would make it, but God somehow made a way out of nowhere. Somebody say, he's my shepherd. He is my shepherd because God keeps making a way over and over and over and over. Who woke you up this morning? Who protected you over the dangerous highways? Let me, let me, who gave you the strength to put on your own clothes? Who gave you the strength to lift your hands? And maybe you're not as mobile as, any, as others, but if you've got any sense of feeling in your body, you owe God some praises. If, if God has been so good to you, uh, the old folks said he put food on my table, clothed on my back, kept me from danger seen. Y'all don't know anything about that. I like the old church and say unseen dangers. Well, what does that mean? That means that God has protected you from things you did not even know was coming your way. Some things God blocked even before it got to you. I feel like preaching. You owe God some praise because there's some things that you haven't even seen that God told the devil he can't handle this, she can't handle this, and God interceded on your behalf. And when the enemy came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. The holes and cap against me. Who am I preaching to? I just need a handful of people to know that God has been good to you and God, God has been good to you and over, somebody help me say, and over, and over, and over again, he keeps making a way out of nowhere. When your money was funny and your change was strange and nobody was about to help you and you were about to lose your house, in your home somehow God made a way out of nowhere and you think the bank did you a favor but God gave favor to the bank to even think about Woo. all I need is just a few folk in fact help me go a step further look at somebody and say not only do I have a testimony but I want you to know that I am a testimony. Come on, come on, come on, Zion. Look at somebody and say, you are sitting next to a testimony. Any cancer survivors in here? Any heart attack survivors in here? How many folk God know that when the enemy gave you up and even those of you that did not know how you would make it, he kept waking you up over and over and over again. And God made a way over and over and over. I, I just want to preach somebody ought to find you a praise partner. Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, I don't want to bother you. But I need you to know that God has been good to me. I am a living testimony that God will make a way out of nowhere. I'm a living testimony that when the enemy tried to destroy my family, 
I feel like preaching. I'm trying to save it for four o'clock, but I'm gonna let it all out right now. Look at somebody and say, I've got to praise God. I can't hold my praise until next Sunday because I may not make it back next Sunday. When I think of his goodness, I've got to praise him right Where are my worshipers? Where are my worshipers? Thank you, Mother Williams. Thank you, Mother Williams. One of our oldest, most faithful mother can walk down the aisles and say, God has been good to me. Somebody ought to wave your hand and say, God is my help. God is my keeper. He is my shepherd. Woo! I'm trying to stick to the assignment. Listen, y'all sit down for a moment. David knew a little something about being a good shepherd. And he knew that first thing that a good shepherd does is to provide for his sheep. <laughs> for sheep are some of the most helpless creatures there is. Took the liberty to do a little research and found an interesting uh, page or found an interesting writing called Sheep 201, how to nurture and the nature of a sheep. And in that secular writing, it was written to those who were thinking about being herdsmen or sh shepherds. So the first thing you've got to understand about sheep is that they can't do anything for themselves. They are perhaps one of, if not the most domesticated animal there is. Sheep are totally dependent on the shepherd and each other. They have no inward mechanism of defense. There are certain creatures that have hard shells on the outside that allows it to protect itself from predators. There are other creatures with claws and other creatures with the ability, like the cheaters and others, uh, to outrun the predators. Uh, but sheep have no inward or built-in defense mechanism. <laughs> their total existence and their total defense depends on how good the shepherd is. <laughs> but God has blessed the sheep with certain things that allows them to sense trouble. Although they have no defense against trouble. Give me just a few minutes to share with you a couple of things. One is that they have an amazing peripheral vision. They have larger than normal eyes, and, uh, but their vision, although it is powerful on the peripheral, it is a limit for distance. Preach Pastor Jackson. So they can sense what's close around them, but they can't see trouble coming from a long ways. They, 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 they know it when it appears, but they can't sense it coming. Somebody say, thank God we are like sheep. A uh, whole lot of us can sense it when it happens, but we don't have sense enough to see it coming. And so a sheep's vision error strength is on the peripheral and not for distance. Then its sense of smell is great. It can smell uh, what is ahead of them, uh, particularly if it's close by. Uh, but a sheep can't run fast. Sheep has no ability to fight off enemies. When sheep are attacked, their only protection, listen, is to stick with one another and make the predator have to attack 
the whole flock and not just one individual. I'm preaching up. Because there is strength in unity. Other thing that differentiates a sheep from uh, another creature is that unlike goats, unlike cattle, sheep are not driven. They are led. By their nature, they submit easily to leadership. I was reading this study on the nature of sheep, and I ran across an article that happened in Turkey in 2006. And 400 sheep almost lost their lives because they all ran off a cliff. And the author of the article said what happened was that the lead sheep fell and the other ones followed pursuit. In other words, they were so used to trusting each other that when they saw one fall off the cliff, they didn't have sense enough to know you ought not do that because you can lose your life. That's what gets me to the point of the message that every sheep need a shepherd. Can I preach? And just so you don't get it twisted, your pastor is not a shepherd. The evangelists that you love so much, they're not shepherds. Davis, I just want to get it clear that the Lord is. Can, can I get this? Not Daryl Jackson Sr. Because I may be your preacher and I'll do my best to help you, but I can't be your shepherd. I can't call me whatever you want, but I can't take the place of the Lord in your life because I may lead you to some places that may not be necessarily good for you. But when the Lord is your shepherd, God knows your downsetting and your uprising. Somebody ought to help me declare the Lord is my shepherd. We put our trust in too many humans. We put our trust in too many people who do not always have the ability or the capacity or the desire to help us. Woo. But when our hope is in the Lord, woo. when our trust is in the Lord, when we lean not to our own understanding, but in all of our ways we acknowledge him, then he will direct our path. Listen to what David said. Take note. I need about 10 more minutes and we're done. Take note of how personal David makes this text. David does not say the Lord is a shepherd. Note, David does not say that the Lord is our shepherd. But this is David's own testimony. <laughs> David, knowing that he was the king of Israel, was not speaking for the kingdom of Israel. David wasn't even speaking for his own house because <laughs> he knew he had married the daughter of Saul. But David said, this is my own testimony. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, you ought to have your personal testimony. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. Is there anybody in here know that God is your shepherd? Not Bible ways, not Pastor Jackson's, not your mama's or your daddy's. But you need the Lord for yourself. <laughs> Anybody know he is your shepherd? Because when you get in trouble, you can't call Pastor Jackson's God. You need to call on the God of your Savior. You need to call on your own personal shepherd. Anybody know that God can be yours? Look at somebody and say, he's my shepherd. It was personal to David. And then verse 2. This is why verse 2 is in this message. 
David indicates that not only does the Lord provide all that he needs, but that he does it in such a special, loving, caring way. The text says he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. A shepherd had to really work hard to provide for sheep. Why? Because sheep were finicky. Church folk, I mean sheep, are sometimes. Church folk, I mean sheep. <laughs> Get attitudes. Can I preach? Church folk, I mean sheep. Gets jittery. Sheep were particularly about where they wanted to eat and what they wanted to do, even to their own demise. If it wasn't just right, sheep would develop attitudes and go, I'm not eating that. And so a good shepherd had to find green pastures. And then the text says this, don't miss this, he makes me lie down. In other words, even when he takes me where I want to go, he has to make me enjoy what is good for me. How many of you are so glad that even when God provided for you, you didn't have sense enough to receive it. So some things God forced on you. Some things God made you do. Because he knew it was good for you. And then listen to this. Sheep, according to this study that I read called Sheep 201, the nature of sheep, is that sheep were jittery and fearful. And so they wouldn't drink from moving streams. If the water moved, they wouldn't drink it. They, they would die uh, of starvation and dehydration because they were afraid of certain elements in what they thought was moving water. So a good shepherd, oh, I'm preaching to somebody, had to bypass water that was good, but it was moving. And they had to find a quiet stream. Ooh. In other words, a good shepherd personalized the provision. God told me to drop this in your spirit. Some of you are so fickle. Some of you are so jittery. Some of you are so fearful that God's got to personalize his blessings for you because God knows that some of you are not strong enough to stand up for what appears to be a threat. So some things God's got to smooth out just so you can be blessed. Is there anybody so glad that God made ways for you, ways that nobody else would make? And when you didn't know what to do, God pulled you out of it and he made you lie down in green pastures. Not only did he take you there, but God says, eat. He forced what was good on us. Then he found a quiet place so that we can refresh ourselves. Ooh, who would do that other than your own personal shepherd? What a mighty God you serve. As we prepare to wrap this message up, God told me to remind you that we too have a testimony. That God has treated us like the good shepherd treated his sheep. And when we were fidgety and jittery, sometime God kept making ways out of nowhere. Somebody said God provided for you.
when you didn't even want him to, when you didn't even ask him to, when you did not even know what God was up to. God was making ways for you. God turned situations around on your behalf. God calmed the troubled waters on your behalf. God led you to green pastures. And that job you have, you thought it was your resume or your credentials. God got rid of somebody else three months in advance and posted the job just so you can have it. And when you walked in, you thought you were all of that. And God said, child, I already worked this thing out. All you got to do is rely on me. I just need a few folk to stand to your feet that know that God has been good to you. And at the top of your voice, lift your voice and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Tell somebody he is my shepherd keeps on making a way. Any witnesses? Wave those hands. Wave those hands. He keeps making a way. Open doors that the enemy closed. Closed doors that the enemy kept trying to open. Woo! Keeps making a way. Somebody ought to lean on somebody and say, he's my provider. Tell him I am so grateful that he's my shepherd. And when I was too dumb, when I was too fearful, when I was too jittery, when, when, when I didn't have the defense mechanism to protect myself, God protected me over and over and over and over. Look at somebody saying over again. And if God did it once, God will do it again. God will make a way somebody shout god will provide has he provided for you has god made ways for you clap those hands come on shabbat god come on bible way let us praise him let us praise him from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same god's been good to you god's been good to you Catch somebody by the hand and say, I owe God my best praise because God provides in ways that only God could provide. Oh, when I was broken, didn't know what to do. God made a way out of no way. When I was sick and about to give up. Somebody meet me at this altar if you know that God is, the Lord is your shepherd and he is a provider. He is a provider. I have everything I need. All that I need, God has already provided. I am a worshiper because I have a testimony uh, I have a testimony. I have a testimony. Tamla Man says, because God provides. Because God provides. As you make your way to this altar, the songs say, God provides. So why do I worry about my life? When you've come to my rescue a thousand times. Ooh. To those of you who perhaps you don't have a testimony, I'm here to tell you, you can have one. When you come to my rescue a thousand times, every other voice in your ear is a lie. <laughs> I want to say this again. Every negative voice, every voice that tells you you won't make it, every voice that tells you God has forgotten about you is a lie. God provides. In ways I can't explain, in ways I can't deny, a little that I have, he multiplies. Just when I feel he won't show up on time, 
Look at somebody and say, God provides. He'll come through. Somebody ought to have a testimony. Look at somebody and say, he'll come through. When the clouds of doubt rain down on you and test everything you thought you knew, now you finally see what God can do for you. So here's your assignment. When you go home tonight, close your eyes. There's no need to fight. Look at somebody and say, watch God. Tell them, watch God provide. He's my shepherd. <laughs> Put your hands on your heart and say, he's my shepherd. Oh, yeah. Listen to me. God provides. God provides. So why do I worry about my life? Somebody right when now. When you've come to Ooh. my rescue a thousand times. Yeah, yeah. Every other voice, uh, it is a lie. God provides. Put your hands right God here. Provides. This is your testimony. This is In not about anybody but you. And can't deny In ways I can't deny the little that I have he multiplies Ooh. just when I feel he won't show up on time God provides Ooh. he'll come through <laughs> I like that saying Francis when the clouds Ooh. of drought rain down on you and, and test everything thought you knew <laughs> that's somebody's testimony now you finally see what God can do Ooh. for you so tonight close those eyes close your eyes there's no more need to cry watch God watch God provide Saint Francis Ooh. God provide. I lift those hands in the air. Oh. It's hard to say when Ooh. there's no food to eat. Ah. Or what you see feels all that life will be. Ooh, yeah, and yeah. will this be another year of misery for me? But my faith. My faith, my faith. Can't survive Ooh. on just things I see. I can't survive on what and I see. And my feelings can't control my destiny. See, God, I only want what you believe yeah, yeah, for yeah. me. So tonight, Ooh. close your eyes. There's no more need to fight. Somebody ought to watch God. Watch God provide. <laughs> Is that all right? Lift those hands, everybody. Away those hands. All the worshipers, you just began to worship right now. Begin to worship God. Testimony. That's your testimony. Oh yeah. Declare it. Declare it. Yeah. 
Watch God provide. Watch God, watch God, watch God. So tonight. So tonight, yeah. Close your eyes, there's no more need to fight. Watch God. Watch God provide. So tonight, yeah. He's gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonight, <laughs> he's your shepherd. Close your eyes. There's no more need to fight. Watch God. Watch God provide. One more time, Francis. Hey, Tell him hey, Somebody begin to worship right now. So Just begin tonight, to worship. Just begin to worship. Close your eyes. He's made There's so no many ways. When we were helpless, when we were defenseless, when the enemy came upon us like a mighty Russian flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifted up a standard against our enemies. The first job of a shepherd is to provide for the sheep. That's why I told you I, I, I am honored to be your pastor. It, it is a privilege to pastor this ministry. But I'm not the shepherd. God is the shepherd. The Lord is the shepherd. Because there are times when you can come to me and I've got to go to him. Because it is he who provides. Amen. God says it begins with a personal relationship. I want to tell you what separated David from everybody else is that he had the relationship. If you have the relationship with God, he'll keep making a way. Earlier in the service, Pastor Lawson shared a powerful testimony. But he and his lovely wife, Pat, raised their family, sent their kids to college. Just so you know, they weren't wealthy, nor are they wealthy now. This man was in the military, retired on an army's pension. But somehow God kept providing for he and his family because he trusts God, because he had that relationship with God. When you have a relationship with God, he doesn't become our shepherd. He becomes your shepherd. And so the question tonight is, today, for you to consider, is he your shepherd? Do you have such a relationship? Coming to church is so wonderful. But that's not the end of it. God wants you to go a step further. So here I am, Lord. I commit my future, my life to you. I put it in your hands because you are my shepherd. After we pray this prayer, perhaps there's someone in here today. <laughs> you want to take that bold step and say, I need more than just a church service. I need a relationship with the Lord. <laughs> you can carry that no matter where you go. He will always be with you. Because he is your shepherd. Catch the hands of someone standing next to you. Ooh. So tonight, close you can help close your eyes. No more need to fight. Watch God. Watch God provide. So right now, so right now, listen, listen. So, so right now, close your eyes. There's no more need to fight. Watch God. Watch God provide. One more time. So right now, so right now. Provide. So right now. So right now. Close your eyes. Right now. There's no more need to fight. 
Lord, we thank you. We, we bless you. This very powerful yet simple psalm <laughs> puts it in language that we can all understand. You are my shepherd, David says. Ooh, he made it so personal. Didn't I say you were the shepherd of the nation of Israel? But you are David's shepherd. I thank you, because today you are Daryl's shepherd. <laughs> Woo! There have been times in my life in which I didn't need the church. Times in my life in which the church or the family couldn't do for me. But because you were my personal shepherd, you made a way out of no way. Somebody needs you to be their personal shepherd. Woo! The subject of the message said, he's my shepherd. <laughs> Somebody needs you to be their shepherd right now. But when the hellhounds are on their tracks, they've got a shepherd they can lean on. Thank you, Lord. In advance, someone who's watching by way of internet, someone who's listening by way of radio, Ooh, make it personal. <laughs> Have them make that personal commitment today. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is so, say amen. So right now, tell them again. Put your arms around somebody and say, he's my shepherd right now. If you want to make that commitment, come on. I'm waiting on you right now. You don't have to go back. You don't have to be perfect. He wants to be your shepherd right now. If you want a deeper relationship with the Lord. So, somebody right now, come on. That's right. Watch God. Somebody, God's calling you. This, this is personal right now. This is personal right now. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, so right, right now, somebody who's about to give up, enemy told you that you can't make it, wave those hands in the air right now, God, so right now, right now, God is calling wherever you are, whatever you're going through, so right now, Give God a hand of praise Close for these right now. No Anyone else that God's fight. calling this day, watch. Won't you watch God provide? Yeah, yeah. He's gonna Ooh. do it right now. He's right gonna now. do it. Right He's now. gonna do it right now. So right now. So right now. Ooh. Clap those hands and watch God. Watch God provide. Watch God provide. Come on, watch him. Watch God provide. <laughs> Lean on somebody and say, watch God. Watch God provide. Come on, stand to He's your feet. Anybody here tonight, watch, watch God. God. Yeah, yeah. He's watch God. Do it. Yeah. Watch. watch God provide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do it, Lord, do it. Watch Ooh. God provide. Lift those hands for the benediction, but I need you to watch God. Watch God provide. Ooh. He promised that he's going to do it. He'll do watch it. Watch God provide. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Watch, watch God. God provide. Ooh. He promised me, and I believe Wave those hands it. in I the air. It. Watch God. Watch God. Go watch tell somebody God. it's already watch done. God it's, a, it's already done. He's yeah. gonna do it. Ooh, yeah. He's gonna do Bless it. God. He's gonna do it. Watch God provide. Hey. Watch God. Watch God. Watch God. Watch God. Watch God. 
Shepherd, he will provide anybody believe.